Welcome to B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B-Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I'm Bobby from Oregon. And I am Bonnie from Oklahoma. So this is our debut of B Squared. Uh, Bonnie and I have been friends for a couple of years uh, via social media. Bonnie, you're in Oklahoma. I'm in Oregon, opposite ends really of the country. Two different distinct weather patterns. And I think this will be a good chance for us to kind of let our listeners into the different stuff that we see weather-wise um, you know, where we live respectively, but also a chance to kind of reflect on what's happening weather-wise across the country. Yes. Um, it's definitely completely different here than it is there. And we are definitely burning up here. Um, it's humid, it's hot. And that is the extent of it right now. I wish we could get some sort of relief, but it's just not happening. Yeah. You guys have a giant high pressure ridge sitting right over top of you, don't you? Yes. And it's, likely not going to move at all it it never does this time of year currently it's you know mid-afternoon for both of us i'm sitting at 71 degrees and sunny very pleasant outside it's very nice not too hot not too cold and you are baking in oklahoma yes and i feel bad for you because that's just it's not good so as you said um i'm from oregon so i am the oregon ams vice president um, I was an intern at KETU and then I was the, their TV weather producer for a couple of weeks, um, came back after school to help out when they were in the transition between some new people. Uh, and then Bonnie, tell me a little bit about you. I know that you, like you said, you're from Oklahoma, but give our listeners who sense you are. Uh, yes, I'm from Oklahoma. Um, I've got my associate's degree in meteorology from Rose state. Um, I started out in the meteorology program at OU different life circumstances came up and I wasn't able to finish that program, but that has not changed my love slash obsession for the weather. I'm just not obsessed with this hot, humid weather. Um, So that's, that's my weather background and I hope to grow that weather background. So it's hot and humid. Um, People here, Oklahoma, they think tornadoes. We're just coming out of the spring chase season. Um, you know, historically, what when you, season. right, that's what I was going to get to. Historically, it looks like your guys's peak in terms of tornadoes is like early to mid-May. But this year it was pretty quiet. It, it was really, really quiet. We had not very many tornadoes, not very many se- severe storms in general. What we did have through the month of June, we had several weeks where over the weekend, several nights over the weekends, overnight we had pretty strong to severe squall lines come through and so our severe weather season consisted of mostly some straight line wind action but at least we got some rain but as far as naders the the little to none little to none unfortunately right and any tornadoes that did form this spring were definitely in the deep south they weren't in areas you would traditionally see you know in that spring quote-unquote chase season right right you know we're tornado alley but you just couldn't tell this season but you know there's always next season i suppose right and you guys do have a little bit of a fall chase season but historically it's you know on on the severe uh the spc the storm prediction center has like this running 11 day average that they have Mm -hmm. a number like i said you know you guys peak in mid 
to late June or mid to early May. And then, you know, it severely dies out, but you get a little bump as you get into the fall season. So um, are you really, you know, basically scrapping this year and now looking forward to next spring? I mean, I don't know about the rest of the meteorology community around here, but I mean, I am. It just, you know, once you hit July, nothing's going to happen. And like you said, there is that tiny little window in the fall, but that's still hit or miss too. So we'll, we'll just see, but we, we get tornadoes all the time. We've had tornadoes in November, December, January. We've had ice storms in April. So really you can't completely count it out, but you know, it, the hope meter is kind of kind of getting empty now you know it's, it's funny you bring up thunderstorms and you and i have talked on and off before we started taping the show that uh a couple of weeks ago we had up here in oregon a, a pretty rare i'd say highly modified chance of of storms and they did finally materialize um late in the night not any time that you know the hrrr model had predicted when they were and so you know all the weather nerds up here we were all kind of bummed like oh man you know Everything is saying five o'clock now, eight o'clock, ten o'clock, and finally about you know nine thirty, the storms finally pop. But they only basically sat over one part of our metro area, and a majority of the people didn't get any action. And you know, I want to talk to you about this, about you know the dynamics of pop-up thunderstorms. When you have all the ingredients, you have the potential energy, you have a lifted index that is favorable, and you don't get storms. It really is disappointing, isn't it? When you're basically wasting all this potential energy. Yes. And, you know, I don't know exactly how the climate and dynamics work up in your area, but I know for here, when that happens, it's because we have a pretty strong cap in place, which means we've got a layer of really warm air above the surface and we can't get it to to break. And so that just kind of holds everything down. Um, and so that has happened a few times this season and, and many other seasons is the cap is just stronger than all the ingredients that are present. And, you know, if there was some sort of magic way to bust that cap, you know, if we had a bottle opener or something we could use, but the cap is really, really what gets you. You know, it's funny when you look at the dynamics of, of where I am in Portland, we're in the Willamette Valley. So we have mountains to our West, the, the coast range that top out somewhere, you know, between 1500 and 2000 feet. And then we have the cascades to our East, which obviously top out in the tens of thousands of feet with Mount hood, you know, Mount St. Helens, Mount Jefferson, the three sisters. And so you get these thunderstorms that form all summer long over the cascades because one higher, you know, based air is flowing up over mountains. And so you have that natural lift tendency. And so we'll fire off storms, but we'll get storms that fire off the cascades and then we'll maybe drift into the valley or with what happened last week where we did have that strong cap and we finally saw signs that started to erode, but it basically only erode in certain pockets and where it did erode, you got the pop of thunderstorms. And one of the cool things that we saw is we had this giant complex pop up over Washington County where I live and just slowly drifted to the southwest, which, again, is not normal, you know, flow patterns for the U.S. Um, we are on the weird backside of a low that was out over the plains. And so the thunderstorm died out. But four hours later, just as the sun came up, the energy was still there. The lifted index was still there. And all of a sudden, it, something triggered it, and we got another pop-up storm. And this one was pretty active for two or three hours. A lot of lightning, a lot of intense rain, some wind, and then it just died out. So, you know, we have all these little pop-up storms. And as you were saying, it sometimes just takes something to trigger it 
to do it in the plains. What is something that is one of those triggers that will eventually erode the cap? Uh, if the moisture content of the air goes up, that will help break the cap, um, as well as the temperature rising will also help push air up and bust that cap. But, you know, it's it's weird what makes the moisture, the dew point go up, you know, and I think for us, it's the Gulf and it's the winds coming in just right from uh, from the southeast. But even then, it still doesn't break. So it's just so... It's so weird what makes that cap so strong when everything's there, when the cape is there, when everything we need is there, and the cap is just, like, not having it for the day. So, It's funny. You mentioned the hot, humid air here in Oregon. We have, um, because we're so close to the Pacific Ocean, we get a lot of, you know, marine air influence. So you guys have warm, humid air. We get a marine layer, which is significantly usually colder than the, you know, continental air that is heated up over the day. That's one of the things that breaks our cap where we get a rush of colder air. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's more humid per se, but it's one of those triggers that go. And, you know, we also see a lot of um, upper level disturbances are coming up out of California, or maybe something comes up over the Cascades and drifts into the valley that has enough tendency to kind of stir the atmosphere quickly that allows that cap to break. But, you know, it's really one of the hardest things that we look to when we try and forecast or we try and convey that thunderstorms are happening is, you know, what's going to happen with the cap. Have you ever seen an instance where they were calling for a, you know, a cap, you know, pretty much all day, everything was there. And then finally something eroded and nobody really had forecasted it. You know, I, I don't, I honestly don't recall any instance like that. I'm sure that there is. I think what's more common here is, they're like, all the ingredients are here. Get ready. Today's going to be a big day. It's going to start around 3 or 4, and then it's 3 o'clock, it's 4 o'clock, it's 5 o'clock, and the cap is holding strong. So it's really more of we don't get the cap right, and we don't realize how strong it is. That's more of what happens here. As and it's, it, it's, it's awful because, you know, unfortunately a lot of – people out there don't understand those kind of dynamics so when they're calling for a severe weather day and the cap holds on for dear life and nothing happens it's a huge backlash on the weather service and the meteorologists on tv and everything and it's it's there's no winning sometimes <laughs> you know you mentioned it's really frustrating how are people expressing that frustration is it social media how are they how are they letting people know they're disappointed Oh, it's definitely social media. It's everywhere. And the most common phrase is, I wish I could get paid to be wrong. And, you know, I'm kind of glad I'm not on TV and have to, you know, deal with that kind of backlash. And I know that, you know, they've got tough skin and they just ignore it and sweep it under the rug. But still, it's like, you know, it, it, you, you go to school for that. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of math, a lot of different dynamics that go into it. And it just takes one little piece one tiny ingredient to be too warm or too cold or too dry or too wet for it to completely throw the whole thing off it doesn't take much and most people don't realize that and so they just lash out when something does or doesn't happen you know it's not like it's a science right it's not perfect <laughs> right <laughs> you know i kind of i joke and i say this you know lemonly to people up here you know in meteorology is an imperfect science we know a lot but we obviously don't know everything because if mm -hmm. we did, you know, we wouldn't have blown forecasts. You know, up here we wouldn't call for snow that's going to shut down the city. And then, you know, after two flakes fly, that's the extent of the storm. And it's just, you know, 
people jump on each other because that's you know it's it's what people do and it's really annoying from time to time well and that's why we launched the balloons to help get a picture of the atmosphere from here up but we don't launch a balloon from every square foot of land that we have so a lot can happen between the balloon that's launched here and the balloon that's launched in Tulsa and we don't see that because we don't we don't have a balloon from here to there launched you know what I mean and so we can just get somewhat of an idea of what's going on but who knows what's happening in between these launches and that's what causes forecasts to be blown or things to go wrong because we just we can't see every single speck of the atmosphere and what it's doing or what it's not doing no it's totally true i mean up here in oregon our our national weather service office for portland is located out at pdx you know portland air national airport however our balloons aren't launched there they're launched 80 miles to the south in salem the capital city and so i mean there's a wide swath of data that's not there the next closest national weather service office to that balloon launch is pendleton which is over you know 200 miles away so you're not getting you know a truly accurate picture you're having to rely strictly on satellite data being fed into the model radar data being fed into the model and we won't even get into radar issues right now but you know it's just we only have certain amounts of data that you're trying to fit into this gigantic puzzle, and nine times out of ten, you don't have all the right pieces. That's absolutely true, and and you think you've got them all, but it's just you don't you you don't realize it until what you forecast to happen and what time it's supposed to happen comes around, and nothing happens, and so it's just. Like you said, it's not an exact science, but it's definitely a science. So <laughs> that's what's frustrating, I think, for the meteorology community. No, I completely agree with you. Speaking of, you know, trying to do forecasts and trying to do things, National Hurricane Center every year sends out their, their forecast, what they believe is going to happen. And I know that you had a very slow chase spring season in the plains, but, you know, we're now into the hurricane season. And we've had one subtropical storm in Alberto. Is it just me or does it seem like that's off to a slow start too? Yeah, it, it definitely is, which nobody thought it was because I think that was a record for the earliest named storm of the season. And so everyone was like, okay, here we go. Look at this. It's already happened. It's come on land. It's caused some, some rain and flooding and whatever. So looks like this season's going to be crazy. And then, that's all we got out of it. And the Atlantic has been so cold in that region that it needs to be warmer. So I don't, I mean, Mother Nature's just really just slow playing it this year. And we're, we're all bored. Which is funny because so I went out on the National Hurricane Center and they issue a monthly tropical summary. So this last one came out July uh, 1st, so just a couple days ago. It says, for the North Atlantic, the Caribbean, and the Gulf of Mexico, the 2018 Atlantic hurricane season had an early start with the formation of subtropical storm Alberto in May. Technically not even a tropical storm, but subtropical. Okay, That's how hard-pressed we are to try and find something, apparently. Yes. No tropical cyclones formed in the basin in June. Based on a 30-year climatology average, about one named storm forms in the basin by the end of June every year. So in terms of... The Accumulated Cyclone Energy Index, or ACE, which measures the combined strength and duration of tropical storms and hurricanes, the activity in the Atlantic Basin so far in 2018 is near normal. So, 
even though it's off to a slow start, apparently we're near normal. So again, we've had one sub subtropical storm in Alberta uh, that ran its course from May 25th through May 35th. Max wind 65 um, and basically formed just off the Yucatan, went all the way up through Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, looks like a little bit of Illinois, Indiana, and then finally died out in Michigan, northern Michigan. So that's the one storm we've had. And like you said, it's been pretty slow. Yes. And there's there's been a few in the Pacific that have got going. But when things form in the Pacific, they don't go anywhere. You know, they're out in the middle of the ocean. So hopefully, hopefully it's just a late start. Hopefully things start to warm up. But I will say one really interesting thing that's kind of off subject, but kind of not, is we have had here and in Louisiana and Florida, we have had actual dust from the Sahara that has blown across the Atlantic and come up here like it was hazy and dusty yesterday and that was saharan desert dust that's you know again just pull up a map if you're not really sure how far that dust is traveling that's over the span of at least several thousands of miles Mm -hmm. not just the whole ocean but then half of the united states exactly and i mean well it's one of those things so. that you just, it's, it's truly mesmerizing to look. And again, it's a, it's a thunderstorm base. The thunderstorm, you know, blows that wind out over the ocean. It gets caught up in, you know, the ocean air currents or the air, upper air currents above the ocean. And then it's just, that's the formation. I mean, all of our tropical storms that are coming off of Africa make that same, you know, progression. They move from east to west, basically along the equator till they get toward the Caribbean. And then they either, you know, get under the influence of a high pressure system or a low that is out of the Atlantic. Exactly. So, and that's why, that's that's kind of why I wanted to bring that up, is because you're right, the thunderstorms that come off of the African coast and come across the Atlantic are how we get our storms, our, our hurricanes and everything. And so, right now, all we can get is Africa's dust. So if we could just, you know, get some thunderstorms going over there to blow across the Atlantic, then we would start getting an active season. So I guess we'll take the dust for now. I, I <laughs> you know, I guess we'll take what we can get. Some tropical dust was what we could call that, I suppose. It's really, it's just, it's fascinating. I mean, yeah, get some tropical dust, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that will work. Um, it's funny, I was housing a couple of weeks ago, and my uncle and aunt were in Mexico, and they had a hurricane come up. It had died off, but had made it to where they were staying in Cancun. I was just, I was super jealous that they got to actually ride out a hurricane in Mexico. That's awesome. I mean, not awesome, but it must be cool to experience things like that in different parts of the world and, you know, things you only see on the news. It's kind of interesting to be able to see it happen in front of your eyes. So, yes, I feel your jealousy. (laughs) Right. I wish I could absolutely just, you know, just once. I want to experience a hurricane just once. I don't care if it's Category 1 or Category 5. I just want to experience it once. Right. Just to say we've been there. Well, yeah. that is going to wrap up our first episode of B squared. Bonnie, I appreciate you wanting to jump onto this and do this. Is, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It's a chance to kind of connect with listeners. Um, you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. We are at weather podcast and on Facebook, we are at B squared weather. So we want people to interact with us, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, we are going to incorporate a lot of the comments that we get from you guys into our podcast. And I know I'm ex- super excited. I know Bonnie is as well. Bonnie, what are, what are you kind of looking forward to with this podcast? 
Uh, I'm just looking to grow it, grow some followers, get some input from the outside community. Hopefully we can bring on some fun guests as well throughout this. Um, but it'll just be a really fun, interesting way to talk about what's going on, what has gone on, what's going to happen in the future as far as weather goes. And I'm always down to talk about weather. So I'm excited. I am too. And we will be back with you next week with another edition of B Squared. Bonnie, we will chat with you in a week. Sounds good. See you then.